0: Hi, I'm Devin Person. This podcast is a ritual is a time-and-space-spanning magic ritual steering reality towards a slightly better future. As your wizard, I believe real magic requires trust and authenticity, which is why I'll never allow advertisers in our ritual space. But creating this ritual takes work, as well as a steady supply of veggie burritos and illicit drugs. If you'd like to help this podcast become slightly better, please take a moment to visit patreon.com slash ritual. You'll get access to bonus episodes, monthly virtual gatherings, wizard ebooks, psychedelic playlists, and best of all, the warm fuzzy feeling of making the world a more magical place. Thank you so much to all who have, do, or someday will support this ritual. I believe in you. Your magic is real. It was a Tuesday in late October of 1969, when a small group of students and researchers gathered in a basement lab at UCLA to do something that had never been done before. Led by computer scientist Leonard Kleinrock, the researchers were going to send a message to another computer at Stanford, several hundred miles away. Graduate student Charlie Klein typed the first two letters of the word login, and then the network crashed. But the signal was sent, and with that monosyllabic low, computer communication at a distance was born, the seed from which our sprawling, confusing, cacophonous digital world would quickly grow over the next 50 years. Low has since given way to lull, and the internet today is far stranger than that group of grad students could have ever imagined. Mainstream monoculture died somewhere around the turn of the millennium, and ever since we've seen a shift from internet conversation dissecting popular culture to popular culture trying to keep up with internet conversations. There are now more platforms than any individual can keep track of, and each platform is home to a vast amount of content and conversation. Teens play Minecraft for millions of devoted viewers, culture wars rage across Twitter and TikTok, and boomers have weaponized minion memes into paranoid conspiracy theories. With the reality that bizarre, how can the occult even keep up? Fortunately, a rising internet raises all subcultures, and across every platform, you'll find a motley crew of mall goths and alt-right edgelords and teen witches unpacking the occult. From ancient Egyptian frog gods resurrected as racist memes, to social justice dialogue around where is it okay for aspiring necromancers to dig up bones, there's a lot of terrain to cover in the occult internet. And as a 300-year-old wizard recording a podcast on an old gateway PC that still runs Internet Explorer 11, I'm ill-equipped to undertake this journey alone. Thankfully, I'm happy to embrace my obsolescence and use the tech support trick employed by grandparents across the globe. Ask a young person. Our guest today, Georgina Rose, is a digital native, a Gen Z thelemite, Content creator whose true will radiates across ticking talks, twitching streams, down tubes, and out across the Wi Fi airwaves. She goes by the handle dot darling on most platforms and is part of the triumvirate of digital magicians, hosting the delightful podcast Occultism with a Side of Salt. And beyond being a prolific poster and an articulate exponent of Crowleyan magical practice, Georgina has impeccable magical hat game, and I say that as someone who knows a thing or two about magical hats. So without further ado, I'm going to see if Georgina can help me log back into my Hotmail account and then teach us how to be a cult online. Welcome to Ritual Space, Georgina.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: I was gonna start off by saying by making a joke about who's that, but then I realized that I didn't know if it was pronounced dat or dot.
1: It's pronounced dot, but you can say dat. It's funny. I think it's- I think it, it reads that way. So like, go for it.
0: Yeah, dat, darling, Georgina Rose in the ritual, and we're about to get very online. What's our yes. magic word gonna be?
1: Um, radio wave.
0: Ooh, I like that old school. All right, on the count of three: one, two three radio Radio wave wave. beaming out into space connecting us through the ether let's talk about the internet and the weird occult corners of the internet and so I'm so curious because you're a little bit younger than me how did you get exposed to the occult what was your um, entry point into this world of magic and mystery
1: yeah so I first, like, I grew up in Appalachia, right? And so there were always kind of, like, folk things that I knew existed. I didn't really think of them as, like, magic or occult, though. I thought they were kind of, like, you know, superstition or whatever. So I never really connected that. But I was kind of going through a period where I was looking into, like, self-help kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I realized I got kind of really into this, like, folksy home remedy type stuff. And then I got into like, Kind of Googling. like that, like,
0: prairie herbalism. yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah.
1: And so through that, I started like doing research. Cause I'm someone who like, if I learn something about a topic, I become just like obsessed. I throw myself into it.
0: You you dive down the rabbit hole.
1: Yes. I need to know like everything. So I found the occult through that. And I, I came across like, I came across like a book on hermeticism. I think I found it on like Scribd or like one of those, like, you know, like online library subscription Mm -hmm. services, like Kindle unlimited or something. And this was, this was probably like five or so years ago. And I read it and I really, really liked it. And so I kind of fell down this rabbit hole. I wanted to consume all of it because I liked it way more than the kind of folk remedy stuff that I sort of started with. And I ran across um, a book by Crowley and I loved it. Um, Which one? I ran across, it was like the, one of those like best of, like, like, like it was one of the collected volumes, you know what I mean? Where it's like, a collection. Crowley
0: greatest hits volume. Yeah. One. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: like two, one of those two
0: disc ones. compilation.
1: I know it had the book of the law um, and the book of lies in it. And I think it had one of his novels. It was like one of those you can get kind of mm-hmm. those mass market releases. And so I just fell down like the research rabbit hole and started practicing the stuff. And I got really, really into it. And so a little over a year ago um, I'd been into this stuff for a while. I decided to kind of start talking about it online and publicly and it's kind of spiraled from there so here's how I am and I, I talk about the occult online all over social media and so I'm very invested in the online community since because I did start with a lot of like research and I use the internet right because I started within the past like 10 years so obviously mm-hmm. like the internet was always kind of part of my experience because that's how I learned about all this because I didn't have like you know I didn't know a lot of occultists in my like regular day-to-day life so for me like I did kind of go to the internet I did a lot of online research I listened to podcasts I was reading books and finding out what books I should read based on like online forums and chat rooms. And so I wanted to kind of, the the reason why I started making content and talking about it publicly is because like the information that I got online, um, there was a lot of misinformation. I consumed some misinformation had some kind of misconceptions put into my mind through all of it. And so when I started reading all the books and going deeper um, I really liked it and I wanted to kind of spread that. So people who started online like me, because I think most people who start, who have started within the past, like, since I've started to now, I do tend to do a lot of online research and kind of get into these really online communities. So I wanted to kind of try to make better dialogue in those spaces. That makes any sense?
0: Yeah, it totally does. And I think it's an interesting thing where you mentioned that you were in a community that had sort of cultural folk magic practices that were just the way it was so it wasn't um, necessarily a topic that people were trying to articulate but it was just woven into the community and then getting out onto the internet i think that's been one of the big changes is this you know occult means hidden or obscure so it used to be kind of harder to find this stuff you had like you had to go track down these books and then they became more available like a barnes and noble would have had some occult books you could probably have found Crowley at uh, you know a decent Barnes and Noble in the 90s but now everything is so available and I think that's really flipped the classic idea of like you have to be initiated you have to like search for years to find this one hand-me-down copy that has the 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 true spells and now someone can learn about something one day and three days later be I wouldn't say like an expert because there's a lot of practice that also goes into it but at least be extremely knowledgeable like there's you, you see on those like Facebook groups and things, people sharing occult libraries with you know 35 gigs of PDFs of rare occult text that used to be impossible to find, and now it's just uh something that you know clogs up your hard drive and you, you try and get around to reading it.
1: Oh, yeah, I think it's a completely different entry point because for me, like the big my period of like finding out about the occult was realizing that what I was into was occult after that point. I mean, it was much easier, right? Because when I first went to like look for occult books in person um like i i found a couple Obviously, it was kind of a little new agey right because t- mm. we're talking about like a mainstream bookstore but there were still like there were occult titles there so i think i think it's it's very th- there's a mixed bag right because now it's sort of like the floodgates are super open right anyone can get into the occult there's no longer this kind of barrier of entry which, of course, I mean, that's going to inherently have cons. But I think in general, it's a really good thing because it's given a lot of people access to these teachings and these rituals that can help a lot of people's lives in a much more easily accessible way than it once was. But, you know, it's it's not like we can undo that, right? We kind no. of just have to...
0: There, <laughs> no. There's
1: no there's no closing the floodgates, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen some people go, oh, we should go back to, like, the the super initiatory system. And I'm like, you really can't do that at this point, right? That's not that's not going to happen. You sort of have to, you know, figure out how to kind of make the world work around the internet and make the internet better for better discussion.
0: feel like, I think, I think I see a trend of people. It's not quite like they're trying to close the floodgates, but I think there is a, a, a rising popularity of initiatory traditions now, because I think people realize that, um, yeah if you're just going with the books at the new age bookstore and what's online then that's open to everybody and the fidelity of information transfer is less like how do you know which book you're getting is good how do you know which author's full of shit how do you know which person on that forum that's telling everybody what to do in their rituals you know that you don't know that person's life that person could be terrible like why would you take advice from someone whose life sucks if that's like like that's like the self-help thing right like yeah you know like It's not that everyone needs to be perfect and never have a bad day, but there's a weird tendency, I think, of like self-help just flows in circles from people who are struggling to help themselves and then think the best way to help themselves is to tell other people how to help themselves. And then it just goes and goes and no one is actually there to stop and say, wait, let's try each of these things and figure out what's working and what's not.
1: Oh absolutely. I this is my my little conspiracy theory. I think oh please that,
0: let's get conspiratorial. Yeah,
1: I think that there's a big rise and this is like in the past like year or so, there's been a big rise in people into like initiatory practices or trying to get initiated and into like the idea of like a really closed secretive practice. I think this is in response to like chaos magic and eclecticism. I think it's like the pendulum swinging backwards, right? It's like because mm-hmm. we went in this big decentralized syncretist, you know, everything's your mind it's all this, this open direction. So i think people are just naturally just having, jerk like, off
0: to industrial music. That's magic. Yeah, Everything you do yeah. is magic. It's great. Yeah.
1: So i think people like are having like the swing backwards and i think in like a couple years it's going to go back the other way. That's you
0: know what, what i'm I mean? waiting. I'm ready to ride that wave when it comes back. Like i don't i don't do as much of the traditional stuff. So i'm just i'm just hanging on right now and then i'm like all right, my my day will come when we when the pendulum swings back.
1: Yeah. I think it will. I think there's going to be sort of like people are like I'm tired of this like super traditional closed sort of model and it's going to just go back into like chaos magic more territory this is my theory um because I'm noticing a little bit of an uptick in like people they, they don't they tend to call themselves chaos witches rather than chaos magicians which is kind of interesting but I'm seeing a little more of them especially like there's a big rise of people interested in like like, cryptocurrency and, like, Mm. technology incorporation into occultism I've seen over the past couple months, so I'm wondering if we're sort of starting to move away from that, but I think right now the sort of big trend or whatever is, like, these very cultural initiatory things, but I think, I've noticed this, um, the internet has trends within occultism, like, things that are, like, kind of cool, and people, a lot of people kind of follow those
0: and they're faster and faster. I think that's the thing is there used to be a much longer cycle of, hey, the candle magic books are selling really well. And then the book publishers go, oh, okay, we should make more of those. And then suddenly that's what every bookstore has a ton of. And then that becomes too popular. Then people want the, the chaos magic books or you know, the cycle revolves. And I, I know that now... It's like micro trends that just bubble up and then disappear. Um, you were talking about these on on one of your podcast episodes of Spell Jars, I think, had a moment. Can, what, what are some yeah. of the trends that you've seen um, rise and fall lately?
1: Yeah. Um, so about last summer, there was a really big interest in like the egg cleansing from like latin american traditions you'd like roll the egg over your body then crack it and like read the yolk. that was a big thing for a couple months i don't hear about it anymore uh, the there's a big uptick in interest in like celtic fae practices um which has kind of gone down a little bit more uh there's a huge interest in moldavite which is like a specific crystal um what is
0: what is, what, what is that
1: so this was this is it like, sounds like
0: the thing that they would make dentures out of or something like <laughs>
1: Yeah, it kind of looks like a broken like Heineken bottle, to be honest. (laughs) But yeah, it's this like green crystal where people have made big claims that it basically rips your life apart, but it puts you to the rock bottom so you can get better. So there's a lot of like viral videos that have like millions and millions of likes about people being like, Moldavite killed my dad. Moldavite ruined my relationship. Oh, I'm not I'm not joking. There's literally one where a girl goes like um, she like says forty dollar moldavite earring. Who wants it? She clicks her screen, and then it cuts to her house burnt down. Oh shit! <laughs> oh yeah. So like that's a big trend. Honestly, I think if you think a crystal can burn your house down, I don't know why you would buy it. But
0: well, and, and so the, the other crazy thing that I I was reading recently about um, on TikTok. What are they called? Gra- grabvoy codes or something?
1: Grab oh, grabvoy codes. Yeah,
0: Grab codes. And all these people are saying, oh, hey, like you could just focus on this one number. And if you just say it out loud, it inputs it into the universe like a cheat code. And yeah. the, the clip that I saw was someone talking about one for money and then telling a story about how she went to the supermarket and there was some money in the cart that she picked out randomly. And then she came home and she got a gig. But if you think about what, you know, there's always the push and pull with magic of, am I actually affecting the universe or am I affecting my own perception of this? Have I I increased my luck or have I now noticed a lot more things that I would have not paid attention to normally? But if you multiply that times everybody on a platform and then you're selecting the people who have the craziest stories, then that just amplifies it even more. Like if this is the cursed crystal, there's a bunch of people who are saying, I got this crystal and then some bad thing happened. The guy who stubbed his toe, that doesn't go anywhere. The person who says malachite killed my dad that's that's gonna go get a million views
1: oh yeah like and these these cycles the Moldavite one has lasted longer than others i know about two months ago there was a big one with like pagan veiling like people like wearing like head scarves <laughs> um yeah it was like a thing where people were, like i'm veiling for my deity like that was really big for like two months uh, one of my my co-hosts made a video where she's like okay this is a trend on tiktok i'm gonna try it and it got like a hundred thousand likes or something insane Whoa. but like no these trends they, they get so huge and they fall really fast yeah well, um, and they, then there's like the next thing uh, and a lot of these creators really try to like follow it uh, but I, I I cannot predict anything like I I have like a game with some of my creator friends where we kind of try to guess like what's gonna be the next thing right never get it right
0: <laughs> it's so hard to predict I, I I remember reading about nfts so long before it became this huge deal. And I just saw some some person on Facebook that was trying to sell their memes that I just thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard of. I I, I, I thought who would ever want to buy this? This is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. This is not going to go anywhere. And then suddenly it's all the rage, and people are paying millions of dollars for uh, a receipt for a meme, which I still think it's stupid. But apparently I don't understand I'm least... I'm not I'm not the trend for, for caster that I.
1: I, I I I'm struggling with NFTs because there's a big thing right now where people are calling themselves like crypto astrologers and crypto witches. Sure. Um, which we actually it ha- I don't know if it'll come out by the time this show's come out. We did an entire OWS episode about kind of our thoughts on that whole thing and how it's kind of strange. Um, but like people are trying to do like sigil NFTs now, where they're like mm-hmm. doing their sigils and then making it NFTs, and they're like people buying the NFT charges the sigil. So there's a bunch of kind of I, I find like there's starting to be like an increasing overlap between like technological trends and like occult trends. Cause there's a huge uh, crypto astrology community where people will like take the chart of a cryptocurrency, like the day it was created, and then predict the transits and say like when people should buy, hold, and.
0: Oh, wow. And so then of course, if then if people believe in that, then that like then that also boosts it. And that that steers the conversation and the trends, which we're seeing with the meme stock pumps and all of that kind of thing. That this conversation is now so wild and so fast that you can have an insane amount of attention put on something in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah.
1: Like the the viral aspect of occultism, I think, is really interesting. Cause even like a couple of years ago when people were on Instagram, it wasn't the same level of like, no viralness that things get now because I mean what which talk has like 2 billion views now I think in whole on tiktok or something it's it's over 2 billion I know it recently broke um that on tiktok so like it, it's crazy how this stuff can go so viral
0: there's that Malcolm Gladwell book outliers where it's talking about the people that are super duper successful and how when you actually look at them there's so many Sort of right time, right place, luck factors that play into it, and we just always credit the individual. We're, we're thinking, ah, obviously that individual was just so supremely talented. But it's more, no, there was a giant movement of computer industry, and somebody has to be the tip of the spear. Somebody has to be the one that was standing at that at that edge as it as it rose up. And those trends take a long time, but now it seems. It's getting so fast. Where I was imagining a world where it could boom and bust in a single day. Someone oh. could just be like, "Oh, yep, <laughs> I'm now a millionaire," and then that you know that craze has already passed, and no one knows where the next one's going to explode out of. It's just oh
1: yeah. Well, something that I've started to see, particularly with TikTok creators, is because TikTok's algorithm is very much engagement based. So yeah, it's even if up. your posts are not received positively, the more reception they get, the more they get boosted. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a couple days worth of posts or you miss a couple days of posting and it doesn't get the traction that your post normally do, like your entire account starts dropping basically. And so there's a kind of worrying trend of people posting basically. And I, I would consider this a form of grifting personally, especially because like most of these people are like creator fund members, you know, mm-hmm. like they make enough that they're like getting paid by TikTok, Uh, which isn't that low. It's not that high of a thr- threshold. You just have to be like over 10 K and yeah. then you get it. But like, there's a big trend of people saying really incendiary hot takes that are, they don't even necessarily believe in just to get a ton of traction, which I actually think is kind of damaging. That's like the big thing that's been bothering me on social media lately, because like I don't stray from a hot take. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get I get into the discourse, but a lot of people are saying really, really kind of like provocative, not provocative, but like really intense incendiary things to get witch talk mad at them so their stuff all gets boosted.
0: Yep. The example
1: hey. I can think of was like the Pagan Lives Matter thing which generated Oh god. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a attempt at starting a social movement on TikTok called Pagan Lives Matter.
0: That is the worst thing I've heard today. Yeah. Uh, because
1: um pagans so so I, like there's the recent like girl getting fired from Panera. But basically this person argued that pagans are one of the most oppressed groups in America. Um and Wait, so Wait, the pagan we,
0: girl got fired from Panera?
1: Yeah, that actually happened. Someone did get fired from Panera for being pagan, but there is like, a, there's a lawsuit right now. The girl's suing them. Um, but yeah, th- so after that, there was this big thing called Pagan Lives Matter. People are like, we're a social movement now. We're getting pagan rights, um, and the, <laughs> this generated a lot of outrage. I don't. I think there are more people making videos like angry about it than people being like, as a pagan, someone once looked at me weird for wearing a pentagram. You know, like I yeah. think the outrage almost like was more than the support
0: there was some uh, there was some tweet that said it, that phrased it well once where it said something about Twitter has become the exercise of imagining a person and then getting mad about them, like imagining yes. a hypothetical person and then just getting furious at this theoretical you know trans activist bathroom creep exists or this right-wing gun-toting person exists whatever your boogeyman is you're creating it in your mind and then you're getting angry on the internet because everybody's on the internet used to be if that was just some one weird person with a shitty opinion no one fucking listened to them they were in their basement at most they're photocopying their weird newsletter with their conspiracy theories but now there's billions of people you can totally find one shitty person with that opinion and then retweet them and amplify them and then point and say look that's the bad opinion i don't like
1: oh yeah and then everyone gets mad at them and the opinion gets really straw man and it becomes a huge thing um like and even some of these like there was the big one with like tarot is closed that was a huge sort of controversy recently Wait, what some is that are... one I,
0: I don't i don't know any of this stuff this so, is I... so
1: this has this was a big debate i actually got really involved in it and i think it got a little too involved basically there's big posts about how Tarot was secretly started by the Roma people. And so if you read tarot and you're not Roma, you're culturally appropriating. Uh... And so if you're not Roma, you should give your tarot cards to the nearest Roma person or burn them. Um, I made a post explaining why this historically tarot comes from Italy and then, you know, was popularized by weight and mm-hmm. Um, And it became like a huge thing. And so now you've got a bunch of new practitioners who genuinely think they can't read tarot cards. Um, and think it's like wrong to read tarot cards. Cause I have, I talk to like new practitioners because I have a podcast related like Discord server, which is kind of like a forum. And I love mm-hmm. people ask those questions. And I've had a lot of people like genuinely be like, is it wrong if I like buy a tarot deck? What should I do if my metaphysical store near me sells tarot decks?
0: And that's the thing is that if you're in a real community, one, you can talk to people who have been in the game longer and can kind of give you some good feedback and answers. And also, you have a finite number of opinions oh me and my occult friends all read tarot i read this article that said we're not supposed to we all said that's dumb and then we went on with our lives whereas now you can find a hot take in either direction you can go on and you can see one person saying this is so offensive this is so culturally appropriative anyone that does this is a nazi and then you can find somebody else saying this is so crazy no way it's totally fine just do it and if you're young What are you supposed to do with just the most extreme opinions on both ends? How are you supposed to find your way?
1: I think a lot of new practitioners are really lost because of this. Um, I think because a lot of people are starting on TikTok, right? That's how they're learning beginner stuff. There are a lot of profiles that I see like commenting on my stuff where it's like, I'm a baby witch. I've been practicing for two months. I'm trying to get my footing. And these people, I think, are kind of lost because they see like the trends, but then they see all the stuff that they're not allowed to do. Like there's a lot of rules sort of that these social media communities sort of impose. I mean, there's even blacklist on a lot of forums now where it's like a giant list of occult authors that should not be read mm. or named. Um, and some of them are people who I'm like friends with on Twitter and have talked to. And I I've read their work, you know. I don't think that it's one that should be like banned, but you know, like people just really trust the authorities on social media. And what people don't realize is Someone having a higher number or having more members of their forum or more, you know, whatever, more engagement, especially doesn't necessarily mean that they're like an authority or correct or have better information because the skills to succeed on social media are not necessarily the skills to be super knowledgeable on the occult.
0: Yes. And I think that's the really interesting thing is in, in my mind, magic is how we deal with, uh, it's not it's not the pure unknown like it's not the unknowable but it's the current unknown. It's the area that's kind of murky. If you imagine that there's the area that's in the light where we can see what's going on and we're like okay we figured out what's what's we've got a pretty good handle on this and then there's the area that's pitch black and we just we can't even go in there. It's just ineffable. I think the occult deals with the the shadowy gray area in between and previously human beings lived in crazy worlds with nature where they didn't know why why that volcano had decided to erupt they didn't know what was going on they were putting it together and magic was a way to deal with these supernatural forces that were governing their lives but how do you predict how do you control and now we've totally flipped it and we have these algorithms which are built by humans but no one fucking knows how they work and so everyone's trying to interpret what works with the algorithm and bend their own behavior to make the algorithm happy it's a very weird god to try and appease
1: Oh, yeah. The algorithm is confusing, right? I've been doing social media for a while now. But even then, like, there's still things that I just guess, I mean, the only like rules of the algorithm that most people kind of solidly agree on are like, they like posting at certain times a day, you need to post this off, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like general, like, you post this much, you post at these times. Beyond that, like, it's a lot of guesswork. Um, and a lot of people who are just kind of lucky, some people are just naturally kind of are better at it than others. Um, there are certain things that the algorithm is like coded to think or like more like, um, like the YouTube algorithm in particular, they like it when you have a face in the thumbnail and that's something that, you know, you can figure out. Boobs,
0: boobs help. I think, I think, I think think that's like a a very interesting, you know,
1: the boob boob code,
0: the boob (laughs) code. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, 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 there's a phenotype that is then interacting with an algorithm that then Creates almost a new species of, of of people that are these influencers because they had this one trait and they had this time and energy to devote to the algorithm, and then the algorithm rewards its acolytes.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I know like there are people who there there's some of the creators that I've talked to. I know this happens. Uh, have done have started seeing the algorithm as like an egregore, mm, mm-hmm. and have started trying to work with the algorithm as an egregore. People are trying it um, to see like, like they're like, Oh, maybe if I like leave offerings to the algorithms, my stuff will get better engagement. So there's definitely some interesting experimentation going on there from some people, which
0: is a really interesting thing because I, I, it's almost like magic is becoming more and more manifest as the technology evolves around it. So we used to have a sigil and that was a way for you to deal with this abstract concept that was a demon or a deity or whatever it might be. And now we have corporations that brand themselves with that and we see the McDonald's thing and something happens in our head and, and and we immediately understand the message of this corporate entity. And it's interesting to think about mixing, like you were talking about like astrology and crypto. There's We're trying to mix the old school of magic with this new school, but also the new school is the old school in a way. You are, you are making offerings if you just record a video. You have offered up that amount of your time, that amount of your... Bean has gone into putting that content onto the platform.
1: Yeah, which is a really interesting way to think about it because, I mean, it is. I mean, it's more of an offering than like putting out a cup of you know, some, some drink as an offering. Yeah, to my- yeah.
0: Pouring, pouring a little grape juice in a cup and, and <laughs> you know, putting that and saying, TikTok, God, please, please get TikTok me more God. views. But now it's like, that's what everyone's doing. We're just saying, I'm going to spend my afternoon taking this video, editing it, making sure I look cute, doing all of the things. And then TikTok, God, please take my offering and
1: be merciful to me. TikTok Be
0: merciful. Don't make me the enemy of the internet today. Don't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like put, like make a TikTok altar. You put like a Chinese flag and then like. Um, a, a, a like ring light.
0: Ooh, yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we're giving some advice to the people listening to this now.
0: <laughs> and then, yeah, give it. Uh, I I will buy three Galaxy lights if you give me <laughs> a thousand new followers.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, there we go. That's how you you worship the great god of the egregore agri- that is merciless and likes chaos. the the, agri- the algorithm god is a chaos god. I I oh. refuse to be proved otherwise because the more controversial someone is or the more sort of incendiary they are, like the better they do. So I think our, our dear algorithm God has to be either like a war or a chaos, like at the epithet or something.
0: See, I, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, non-dualism, like everything is a flip. Like I always think about in, in kink culture, you have doms and subs, but if you're a good dom, you're working hard to please your sub and make them have a good experience. And so really who's, You know, who's in which position, it gets a little bit murky. And so I think when you have an agent of order, when you have the classic, you know, starched white male who said, I am going to impose order, Um, I am going to build the highway system through this neighborhood, that order causes chaos. When you, yeah. when you have that extreme order that doesn't fit into our human lives, that causes so much disruption. You end up with weird cities that are unlivable and designs that just make no sense. And so, yeah, the algorithm is saying, oh, like here's the rules that we think make sense. And then everybody goes into an absolute panic trying to bend their own behavior to fit in with it.
1: Oh, yeah. People try very hard. I mean, that's why we have all these grifters, right? Like there's been a rise of people um, who... And I know that some of these people are actual grifters. Like I'm not like being like, oh, they're grifters because they say information I don't like. But they're like legitimate people who have oh, yeah. gotten into these spaces who are not 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 practicing occultists, who just like they learn like surface level occultism and they post about it and just cause they know it'll get clicks and make them money, which is really disappointing. Um I don't I don't become friends with these people. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they're I don't I have a lot of problems with them, but definitely a thing and also you get people who like buy followers too so they like seem more credible what they'll do is they'll like buy a thousand followers for like a hundred dollars and then be like i sell an astrology course i'm so legitimate because i have all these followers and then they just scam people it's messed up
0: true happiness is just one six hundred dollar workshop away
1: yeah which like, I I think selling things, like, if you put your labor into something and you want to charge for it, like, that's an energy exchange. I think that's completely sure, valid. Sure, totally. But it's when people come in and literally just, like, scam people that I I do take issue with.
0: And, I, yeah, I, I talked about this in a recent episode that I think we're in the middle of an authenticity crisis because it's – when you're online, you don't see that person in a 360 view. You're not no. – wow, that person's a mess. I'm not going to take their dating advice. You just see the polished version and – It's so hard to tell who's good at social media and who's good at the occult. Like you talked in one of your episodes about your favorite Thalema videos, I think, on YouTube are the ones that are shot at a conference at Laquita on a potato. And it's it's, it's somebody's PowerPoint from some, some old guy who knows his shit, but he does not know how to make a compelling YouTube video.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like those videos are some of the best occult videos, but they're never going to get much traction because they're not what the algorithm wants. And they're not what people want to watch because people come to these. This is like the double-edged sword. People come to content create cre- online content creators for entertainment as well, right? Like you're educating, but it's kind of like edutainment in a weird mm-hmm. way, right? Because oh, yeah. people listen to these podcasts to feel like they're chatting with their friends. They watch your videos to kind of laugh as well as learn, right? So you kind of have to fuse that, which I I I've pretty much openly said that I do, right? Like, I make things engaging because I'm trying to push a philemic idea at you, right?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm very transparent about this. <laughs> like
0: You are an agent content. of the philemic agenda. I'm an
1: agent of the Thelemic agenda, yes. Like, I make my content fun because I want people to learn about Thelema, and I know that that's what catches people's attention, you know?
0: I, I mean hey that's... i wear a fucking wizard hat because i thought it would it would make magic more fun and there's Absolutely. nothing i find more terrible than a very serious occultist i cannot
1: yes fuck
0: i'm, I'm fratter xy312 mm-hmm. uh
1: welcome to my podcast uh we're recording it's called 93 night <laughs> yep no i'm not that person i'm definitely not but like you know sometimes those videos are very good so it's it's this also thing where since people are coming to stuff for entertainment as well as education which i enjoy you know listening to a great podcast i think that it's i think a fusion of education entertainment is a good thing um but there's also that that kind of twisted side where after a certain point like these creators it's not just what they're teaching that people are liking it's like the person as well right Mm. like the creator almost becomes a commodity after a certain point right like it's like I've I've had a lot of people like I have you know I've had people like talk ask me questions but a lot of people ask like about me as a person which I never expected to happen I thought people would be like the Lima girl I didn't realize people would like want to know about me or like come for me or like my personality which is like a really weird side of it that like occult educator is also like you come for them if that makes mm-hmm. any
0: sense have did you ever see the movie Bean John Malkovich.
1: I did, yeah. Yeah,
0: I think about that a lot with Twitch and these sorts of things where in the future, I feel like there's going to be people who are active and then there are people who are passive. And active people are constantly live streaming their life. They've got the cameras going. You can just, you know, take a ride along in their head and then there will be a whole population of passive people who are just sort of weird ghosts that are just, you know, in tiny little Japanese tube hotels somewhere just tuning in to different people and just living vicariously through those lives i think that's the jump that's different you know podcasts are awesome i'm on a podcast talking with you right now i think it's a great way to connect and that's something that i'm trying to explore with the audience that listens to my podcast of how do we actually connect through this but i think there's this other version where it's um like parasocial relationships and all of these these people that you feel like you know so well because you hear them talk all the time you follow their content and they they they're also equally alone because they're just in a in a a white room talking into a microphone somewhere it's 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 very disconnected and and diffuse
1: it is it's very interesting in that way because like I forget sometimes that a lot of people like watch or listen to my content if that makes any sense sometimes I feel like I'm just kind of like talking into the void
0: I, um, I, I use that exact phrase all the time. And that's why I love it when I get messages from people that listen to my podcast. It, it like it truly makes me so happy because I'm just a fucking person, you know? I'm just a, I'm just some dude in a wizard hat. It's awesome when someone says, Hey, that one thing that you said really meant something to me. And then we can I can chat with them again, you know. That's that's a really cool moment. Yeah. Uh, which is what I wanted to ask about because I can I can be Mr uh, cynical futurist all day and talk about how awful all of this is, but I, I also wanted to talk about the positive and and hear more about, you've had a pretty rapid growth and coming of age in the occult internet. And I would love to hear, uh, some of the positive, awesome things that you see in this space.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that like made my, my day more than any other, like communications ever been sent to me, I got sent an email to my podcast email from a guy from iran who's like there's no you can't buy occult books in our country because it's like a theocratic nation Mm -hmm. and so i can only learn about the occult through social media and online stuff because they don't you know you can't get occult books out here and that and it was like this really sweet email he's like i'm really grateful that all you guys make this content because there's no way i could learn about this because of the repressive laws here and i think that's still like probably the sweetest thing i've ever been sent um But yeah, like I've I've definitely I've had I get messages from people telling me that like they've learned stuff from my content, which means a lot because that's my goal, right? Like that always kind of warms my heart a lot. Um, I think it's good, right? I feel like I'm kind of giving back because like part of how I learned when I began was through the internet, though it wasn't as um, complex and like popular as it is now. But still, I feel like I'm kind of like giving back to past tense me in -hmm. a weird way, like like adding to the feedback loop. I think it's really good like more people are exposed to the occult who could have you know otherwise not had access to it um I think it's like like good free content is really helpful for people who are not a place where they can buy books yet or you know any sort of situation like that also I think it's nice to like you know see how like these online communities are growing I think that sort of as our occult like bodies and older order kind of decentralizes I think like, we're gonna see a rise of really interesting things out of the occult internet. I think, like, you're seeing more and more, like, people starting, like, virtual groups where they do, like, Zoom rituals all together, which I think mm-hmm. is super cool. Yeah. Uh, for people who live in small towns who can't, like, go and, you know, join an OTO or, like, Wiccan body, right? Like, you're seeing, like, these, like, digital bodies where people do, like, they, like, do the rituals at the same time and, like, all film themselves and, like, do it through video conferencing, which I think is really cool. Well,
0: that's how we know each other. We're part of a a, a reading group that uh, my friend Phil English put together who is on the uh, How to Ruin Your Life episode, which is really fun we did on this podcast. Which and I think is
1: so cool. I love that we can do stuff like that. I think and it's, and- like...
0: Yeah, That's it's it's great. so cool to get to, like, know other people. And we are all bummed because this would be been more fun to do as, like, an in-person thing. But I moved out of New York, and so I couldn't be there if it was in person. So it's one of those really, like you said earlier, it's a double-edged sword of, man, this is awesome that we can connect at a distance. But also, there is something lacking, and how do we build that back in?
1: Yeah, and I think, like, online, like, like Discord servers, chat rooms, and, like, the big, like, occult discussion communities I think are really great. Because it's a lot of people, like, if they're new and they get misinformation somewhere, they can be, like, corrected by people online. Because a lot of people, obviously, like, when they're super new, they're too nervous to go to their local store or, like, go to a big, you know, and, like, ask these questions in person. So it yeah. allows, like, more anxious and, like, socially kind of struggling people to sort of ask questions to more experienced practitioners and have, like, whole communities, which I think is really get- cute.
0: And get more exposure because I think there is a, a tendency, I, I I totally understand, you know, that when these things were passed down and you had the Zen master who like had really achieved enlightenment, not just said they did and now wants to sell you on a course, that there's a, a higher fidelity of, of transmission. And that's what a lot of those old uh, schools did. It was, you know, you have a line of masters so you can trace back and everyone says, okay, this is legit. And I get that now it's just it's just fucking anarchy it's just everything's firing every which way but the previous generation wasn't perfect either you could have totally gone into the new age bookstore and that person who worked there could have been an idiot or had had a weird shitty agenda and you didn't have let's
1: not pretend that every single person who was initiated into these bodies was like some big brain wizard master Oh, let's definitely be realistic. They're like, like, I feel like the argument that I've seen a lot of people against like open access and decentralized occultism is well, back in the old day the dumb ones got kept out. And I'm like, maybe mm. to a degree, but I've met some older people who are not very smart, you know? Like, there are, of course, like, <laughs> it's awful, but that's like one of the big arguments I've seen. And I'm like, I don't. Also, like, that cuts out a lot of people who wouldn't have been able to join these groups who are actually going to become really great occultists, you know?
0: I mean, if you look at, like, the breakup of the Golden Dawn, that is some group message drama. That is a bunch of rich, trust fund kids sending each other very pointed letters about how they're waging this magic war on each other. Like, it's always been ridiculous, and that's what I think is awesome about it. You were saying- I
1: called the Golden Dawn Breakup on a live stream. I said it's the yeah. original Witch Talk Hex War.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I said, we're actually embracing a cult tradition by making these dumb, threatening... So you didn't know there's a thing where people make like hex videos at each other where they're like film themselves because like, I'm hexing you at this user. <laughs> lightning sat- bolt, lightning
0: bolt, lightning bolt.
1: Oh, I made a satire version of one where I like pour vinegar on a banana and like scream for like yeah. five minutes. Yeah, one of my, my crowning content achievements but I was like, that's literally what the Golden Dawn was doing. I think they, if the Golden Dawn was, the original Golden Dawn was right now, they'd be doing like hex videos and sending them to each other and be like, watch out.
0: Oh, I, oh my God, exactly. And it would be like, I think that's what's so funny about nostalgia is that if you were there, you get older and then you look back on it fondly. And then you tell your fond version of it. And then everybody who comes after reads the fond version and imagines it being even better than it possibly could have been but i think if you had a time machine and you got to go back to all these different areas of history you'd be like oh my god it's it's so similar and it's it's so much drama and tedious parties and um yeah i i i think they probably had cooler costumes and props than you know your average uh wiccan coven in the middle of uh ohio but it's it's so goofy that's that's the thing that i think is so funny about it is that i believe in magic i think there's something that's very real in there but i think the joy is you have to hunt between the the cheesy stuff and the nonsense stuff and the problematic stuff you're talking earlier about the blacklist of occult authors that we can't yes like um you know I, I, I i'm not into weird edgelord for its own sake behavior but the whole goal of magic was to be transgressive and go beyond normal social boundaries it That's was. The of the point.
1: i mean like like i don't th- i think i think like i've had a lot of people because like i have you know my profile picture is me and the the probationer robe i have a hat version because it looks better in videos you have excellent um, hat
0: game i will I yes will, I
1: will, my because i i got a it's supposed to be like an aa robe it's like a robe but i got a hat yeah. Uh, for the, the purpose of, like, content Cause it makes, everyone thinks it's a hat, okay? Everyone thinks it's a hat. So I just I emailed one of the people who, like, sell, like, regalia, and I'm like, can you make me a custom hat version? Nice. <laughs> and so I wear it, and I'm like, do you think this looks, like, not ridiculous back in the day? So people in the 1800s probably still saw this, and were like, interesting wizard robes.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I've had to have to figure out with my own wizard robes is wizard robes look great in illustrations. You can draw wizard robes and they're flowing and they're cool. And then you look at videos of people LARPing and they look like they're jumping around in bags. It doesn't look cool. And so it's very hard to try and translate some of those things. And I think we all have this mythological idea of magic being almost like a music video like shot perfectly with cool angles and flickering candles and that's what you see more on social media but one of the reasons that i i'm not sure maybe you can correct me that there's more of this on tiktok but i know with the instagram which which now feels like that was a whole generation ago it was so many shots of altars, but it was very rare to see anybody's ritual because rituals are goofy it's oh wee- yeah it, it sounds no- horny
1: goofier than going like that but you know like the vibrating the hebrew when you do the lbrp
0: Aloe yes, Aloe. 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 yes i yeah, i know yeah,
1: like <laughs> like that's that's not it doesn't look like cool and edgy to be like like where the road be like oh yeah
0: we call upon the corners of the east and then you like flick some lemon juice into the corner and yeah it's 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 totally silly which is why it's meant to be experienced and it's interesting how these things are translating into different mediums do people post more ritual stuff on TikTok cuz it is i guess it's more video based
1: it yeah the thing is it's hard cuz cuz TikTok has a 60 second time limit so yeah lot what a lot of people will do is they'll make like a very aestheticized ritual video where they'll post like they'll put like a really cool song underneath it and they'll post like um like clips and they'll just yeah. mash it together. Um, very very few people post full-on ritual like videos. Um, I keep making a joke I'm gonna like put do a full ritual and put it on like 600 speed mm. um, so I can post a whole video <laughs> but I tried this it didn't work. Um, it just looked like like a bunch of blobs. Yeah. Very, very unclimactic. But yeah, it's it's hard because I've seen people on YouTube, like Felonites film like people themselves doing Resh and like the Star Ruby. A couple people have made like video versions of on YouTube. But TikTok is too short form. Um you have to like cut around a lot. For like folk stuff, you can make kind of cool like edit videos, but it's still like it's not the authentic full ritual that people can film. Um it's really like cutting around things. Which I mean I think it's beautifully you know, beautiful and very artistic. Like some of the videos that people have made, I think some of them are very cool. But the awkwardness of a real occult ritual, I don't think well also I don't think people would post that. Well, right? again, like, it's my, that
0: evolution that we're talking about of somebody who has a horrible birth defect across their face is probably not as posed to become a YouTube influencer as somebody who is more traditionally attractive well, and people are gonna absolutely. click. And I mean, a, these algorithms read yeah. your
1: face. They, oh, yeah. um, especially like I know TikTok does. I know Instagram does. They like, they like rank people based on appearance. It helps your algorithm ranking to be more conventionally attractive. Which, oh,
0: is not that um, lovely? How fun!
1: Yeah, because it's like in. I know TikTok's coding got exposed where they were prioritizing lighter skin
0: Whoa. in their rank, which got
1: people really upset. That was like a big controversy. Um, I don't know if TikTok changed it though, but I know like um, Instagram people have noticed that type of stuff does affect it, which is yikes because someone being like a young really attractive person right because it favors people in their like mid-20s generally who Mm -hmm. are like very conventionally attractive get favored by these ranking systems oh man did Uh, you see that
0: japanese dude the japanese motorcycle dude that was using a like a face de-aging oh yeah he's like this like japanese motorcycle dude and he has amazing hair his hair is just excellent in reality but then he was using one of those apps that can just de-age you and make you a lady and they look very convincing and he was this huge social media influencer because he's like no one wants to hear what a 50 year old dude has to say about riding motorcycles in Japan but if I'm a hot young girl then totally and I I just love that I think that is so fun
1: that's the best workaround that's good I like that
0: yeah, it's like like I haven't explored VTube. Have, have you checked out VTuber as much?
1: Um, I know about it. I don't know. I I don't know how to set one up, but I've they're definitely a thing. I find it interesting. I'll say that. I've tried watching it. It wasn't my thing. Yeah, it's an interesting development. When are we gonna get the first occult VTuber? I'm waiting.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, hey, that's that's a niche. for anyone for anyone that's listening and you know hasn't bothered to Google this VTubers are. It's it's like YouTube streamers, but they basically are wearing one of those Andy Circus green suits with like motion capture balls on it, and then the the program turns them into an anime character. So you're yes. you're watching a cartoon that is mapped onto a real person, which is a, a a very that's that's the future to me. I think I think we're gonna have no idea what what looks like a human is actually a bot and what looks like a cartoon alien is actually a real person is actually oh, some... you can
1: get really close i mean a lot of these like photoshopping apps even kind of make you look not completely human which i'm guilty of using
0: oh um, yeah? yeah oh the yeah. secret's out what do you, I, you, you... i'm
1: open i photoshopped my picture i've i've said this publicly i think yeah. multiple times most people do uh, I use, um, I use one of those like editing apps for selfies. My TikTok, I use, TikTok has a built-in beauty filter that you can turn on and off, which I turn on.
0: Whoa. Um, Cause
1: yeah, it smooths your skin out a little bit.
0: Oh, wow. That's, I didn't know that was built in. Yeah, that's, and that's, I think that's the thing is we're living more and more in a world of illusion. It's.
1: Oh yeah. These people, I like, I don't look the way I look in some of my like selfies that are in person. Like, like if you watch a YouTube video versus a TikTok of mine, you can notice like, certain like facial differences because of like filtering and stuff.
0: It would. It's making me think of if there was ever a convention or something, it would be such a weird feeling for a bunch of people to be in a room and they're like, everyone looks familiar, but I don't recognize anyone because I'm used to only seeing the, the
1: fixed version, the
0: fixed version. But we've had that with celebrity culture forever. Now it's just democratized. It's always yeah. so interesting when you see a picture of a celebrity without makeup and the person that is the cover girl for Maxim and so hot, and all the you know hetero dudes are after it. You see them, and you're like, oh, they look like a normal person. If I sat next to them on the subway, I would not. I I would just. Oh yeah. You know, everyone's a person. That's the secret at the end of the day, unless they're a bot or an algorithm. So maybe.
1: <laughs> maybe the bots. I mean, now they're algorithm books. If i did you know about the algorithm books?
0: What? No. What's that?
1: Oh, so there's a there's a few publishers now. They're like startups. Um, And they're getting into occult books. There've been a couple that have been released. They're algorithm-driven books. So what they do is they hire an author and they write the book for you using an algorithm. Leave like blanks and stuff that the author then fills in.
0: Whoa.
1: So based off of social media keywords related to like witch and occult topics, mostly witchcraft topics, they like write the book for you.
0: That. And then you like finish it. That is so wild. It's 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 weird because. It's rapid evolution. It's just just, you have an environment and then you have a whole bunch of different actors that are trying to fit into the niche and outperform the others. And then that creates a new generation that sees what's worked and then tries to find a new niche that they can then outperform in. And if you get any weird things in there, that just suddenly becomes canon and those blips then can blow up into people – freaking out about uh what is it called i keep, I keep wanting to call it malachite moldavite, moldavite, moldavite. Yeah. yes that's how you
1: get moldavite i'm ready that's, for the yeah. first book i'm that's... ready for the book of how to how to have moldavite and not let it kill your dad <laughs> that's the cold book i'm a pre-order so fast
0: oh yeah i mean i think if you're if we need to get your like vtuber demonic egregore suit ready <laughs> and then you can and then you can do a book you could be like um yeah one of those one of those cgi pop stars that just doesn't exist
1: oh my god that's that's what's coming next where do you think
0: that's what i was just about to ask you like where do you think we're going
1: well i think i think there's going to be a downturn in interest because the trend is starting to go down on google trends because i track
0: for the occult uh,
1: yeah, so I track Google Trends, various occult terms, because I'm psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it as, like, a pot. Like, me and my co-host, sometimes we, like, type in, like, witchcraft in Google Trends and, like, check how it's going.
0: Which also, just, like, how insane is that, that there's an easy, accessible way to just see what is bubbling up in human conversation across the globe?
1: Yeah. Um, that- and so, witchcraft is slightly down. Not by much. It's So, basically... It went up. It's been on a steady upcline since 2010, peaking in 2016, 2017, and peaking again this past year, going higher than before. Um, And it's been on a teeny tiny downturn as, like, more COVID restrictions have been getting lifted because people are going outside and touching grass for once. Um, So I think it's going to go down in interest for a little bit right as COVID ends Um, because people are going to, like, go outside and they're not going to have as much time to, like, buy books and, you know, do this stuff.
0: Yeah. You and have, you have less time to make hex videos when you want to go out and just fuck people in a park. <laughs>
1: exactly. So I think it's going to go down a little bit and then there's going to be another spike in a couple of years. Um, I think that mold device is going to go out of fashion soon. There's going to be some new trends. I think like eventually a new platform is going to take over from TikTok. Um, Instagram I think is on the decline in general, which sucks, but yeah, I think that, um, it's just going to kind of keep evolving, honestly. I think that we're going to be a little more stable when the trend goes down a little bit. I'm actually kind of excited for it to go down a little bit because then we've got less of the like chaos. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Thalima is slowly climbing on Google Trends, though. So that's that's oh. all I care about. <laughs>
0: there you go. Get in early.
1: Very slow, slow but up, up. We're well, going up.
0: I think I think you're totally right, and the way that you've described those trends is so fascinating because a lot of this stuff just gets absorbed into the mainstream um mitch horowitz's book one simple idea is is so interesting because it's talking about new thought and positive thinking and how that came from fringe occult movements and now is so common that it's a nike slogan it's the secret it's just just the world like it's not even a thing it's just water it's just everywhere and we saw that in the 1960s with all the interest in eastern spirituality and yoga and astrology and now that is just so common you can be the most basic ass basic bitch and love astrology it's not a weird fringe thing it's totally normalized and so it's it's so interesting to see i think you're right that the occult trend it it goes in cycles like there'll be something else when people will get excited about it it'll kind of recede a little bit but a lot of the occult ideas are so common now that something that was weird and fringe just a little while ago, like sigil magic, is now codes on uh, – cheat universe cheat codes on TikTok. And it's just – everybody's doing it. So it's,
1: And sigils are more and more understood, right? Like more people are even doing sigils. Like yeah. the, the letter method in particular is super popular, I've noticed.
0: Yeah. I think that's – I mean ultimately – um i'll mention this first do you know about i can't remember what it's called but the way that you were describing the different trends it sounds like someone describing the the stock market you know like can i can i invest in 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 the witchcraft on google trends and there's one of those (laughs) it's it's somehow connected to crypto but one of those platforms that basically lets you trade people's reputations it's a reputation market that's what i was looking for like stock so i could say I think Elon Musk is gonna become more and more talked about. I'm going to invest in him. And if he becomes more talked about, that price goes up. And if people forget about him, it goes down. So if you if you have Will Smith stock and then he puts out a shitty movie, then it takes a hit. And you're trying to like ride those. And the the person, it's not that. Elon Musk is involved in controlling it. It's it's literally people betting on these things from the sidelines. And I think that's the future we're heading towards where all of this stuff is is connected and everybody's trying to predict these trends and, and figure out what's going up, what's going down, who's being forgotten, where's the attention flowing. And yeah. at the core of it is still human experiences. And that's where I think magic and self-help, why it's so relevant right now is people are trying to figure out okay, but how do I enjoy the experience? Like how do I, yeah. one, get the experience that I want to have and then once I've got it and realize that it's I'm actually miserable because it's what you see on the Instagram is not the experience of taking the photo, then how do I tweak my own perception of reality to then enjoy it? And
1: Oh, yeah. And I think especially people have really gone towards the occult in the past year or so because just the social unrest and COVID and all that. Because we feel out sort of control. Of, yeah, they're seeking out like a way to take back their power from this period of turmoil.
0: Well, that is a great segue for us to take back some power and give it to the listeners. And let's come yes. up with a spell, which is so funny. We, we didn't really talk about the lame all that much, but I think this is a great conversation. But I'm so curious to hear what you think would be a fun little spell that we could offer to our listeners would be to help yes. navigate this weird online occult world we're all in.
1: Yes, for helping navigate... Um, we could do, let's say, let's, hmm, <laughs> maybe you could tell the listener to record themselves saying something, like an intention or something, and then just upload that and like make that like, uh, like, like, uh, and make it a really low vault. Put it into like an editing program. Put it at a super low volume, and just have that underneath like a reminder ding or their phone ringer.
0: Oh, that's cool. I like that idea.
1: Get a little techy since we've been talking about tech. I don't know.
0: I remember hearing, I think it was the um I forget her name, but the the girl boss lady was oh, in The yes. Chaos Magic and she used uh, you know, the the letter scrambling process to make a a password and that was her computer password. So every time oh, logging in, so you're cool. you're putting your little manifestation thing.
1: I like that.
0: Yeah. I think that idea of uploading it is interesting too because we live in this world where everything is magic and we just don't think about it. But we, when you upload something, you are taking your human energy, your will in Thalamic terms, and you are translating it into data and then sending that through light beams into basically fancy rocks I mean that's what servers are they're fancy rocks and so you are taking that and then it's infinitely reproducible which is crazy like
1: oh it's insane
0: like if I just draw a picture on a napkin that is there's one napkin I could I could rip it in half and give two people smaller pieces but now I can take a picture of myself and that is just it could be on every screen on the planet if I was lucky or unlucky enough
1: yeah every screen on the planet maybe that's unlucky at that point because yeah. I do not like it when my content gets pushed to non-occultist. I will say that.
0: Oh. Um,
1: yeah, that's always interesting.
0: What, what, what hap- how does that happen?
1: So these algorithms are guessing who to put things to, which is why I use hashtags, right? So they, they figure right. out who they think they should be pushing and suggesting to. Sometimes it's wrong. Um, I found a lot of my Thelema content gets suggested to political accounts and people are really into politics, mm. which is very odd. I, I don't understand that. That confuses me to no end
0: that's um that's i was reading something about twitter recently and they're talking about one of the big issues on twitter with the trending topics especially is that you 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 lose context so you and i are having a conversation in a crowded cafeteria and then suddenly the room goes silent just at the moment that you're saying something very loud that was part of a joke part of an earlier conversation a reference to something that we'd said before and then everyone just like only hears you say that one thing and then goes oh wait I don't agree with that and then like jumps into it to like attack you with no context and
1: oh totally it's
0: yeah I I think like we're we're going on a little ramble before we close up with our spell but I think I think (laughs) the thing that people are going to really I think there's going to be not quite a backlash but a new desire for non-scale I think we're seeing that with discord and some of these things where people want to have private conversations people want to be in a room with their friends, people want to do things that feel real and authentic, and not just as open. As open, and I think we, I think we just kind of get it on some of these platforms where it's, you know, the spammers are there, and then the, the party's less fun. And we're always trying to stay oh, one step yeah. ahead of them. And eventually, we're gonna have to figure out how to, you know, maybe go sort of offline, or maybe online, we'll just break up into smaller realms where you can have a little bit more control and not have a bunch of frat bros suddenly burst in and, and, and try and oh, yeah. tell you to kill Which yourself. It's always
1: very strange. Yes.
0: It sucks in real life and it sucks on the internet. So, yeah. okay. So let's, let's, let's re- refine the spell. So I'm, okay, I'm yes. nervous about the uh, audio thing of like, like, what well, like,
1: Oh yeah, people get a little audio editing is audio I, editing's hard. Audio editing is hard. I can and I can people.
0: barely connect two wires to make this podcast work. So I'm I'm trying Relatable. to think.
1: Relatable. Relatable. Uh, how about um?
0: But the upload, we could all upload something like you know. Yeah, you, you we could, could
1: maybe like draw a sigil and like upload it to like a Google Doc or something to like charge it. I don't know.
0: So I think I think we have the method, but what's our like? What is the intention? What is what is it that we're trying to?
1: Yeah. What like? Um.
0: I guess so. I mean, like, we're talking about how to be you know navigate this online occult world and what do you think like what do you think that we're trying to get out of like as like an online community interested in the occult like what at the end of the day what do we want kind
1: of cut through the flack and get to like the good engagement and the content we want to consume and not the the noise essentially
0: Ooh, i like that i like that maybe so maybe it's maybe it's a two-way street so it's uploading some sigil to then summon a piece of really good content
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: Like we could, you can, this could be, you know, an Instagram post that you're going to make. You're doing the intention. So you could draw a sigil, you could upload it to your story. It's just getting onto that that magic rock server, however you want to do it. And then you're drawing an awesome piece of content that's going to be good for you. And so like when you make your little intention, you know, I always, I always want to work with these spirits and not be too prescriptive, but just let them know that like, don't monkeys paw me. Don't give me some weird trick where I got what I asked for, but it sucks. Send me some good content my way, which could be, you know, just an amazing video or tweet or meme that just like sticks with you and, and, and makes your day. Cause I think about those things. Like there's a catalog of funny memes that live in the back of my head. And I find myself more and more in real world conversations going to say, Oh, that reminds me of this meme. Oh, there's all this TikTok video. Oh, there's all this tweet.
1: Yes, they stick with you. They're really good ones.
0: Wonderful. Well, this has been enlightening and enchanting. Thank you so much for coming on the ritual, Georgina.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: And that's the end of the episode. Cool. For more of Georgina's work, use your own internet powers and Google dot darling, which is spelled D-A-A-T, darling. You'll find her very entertaining TikToks and Instagrams and YouTubes and Twitches and whatever other platforms have been released, trended, peaked, and declined since I recorded this intro. You'll be able to see her very excellent hats for yourself and hear her equally excellent opinions and information about Thalema and the weird world of online occultism. And you can also check her out on Occultism of the Side of Salt, which is a great way to stay up on all the goofy new trends Witch Talk is up to this week. And for more of me, my wizardry, and the time and space-spanning magic of This Podcast is a Ritual, check out patreon.com slash thispodcastisaritual, where we're now doing monthly virtual gatherings and releasing awesome bonus content, exclusive episodes, additional conversations, hypnosis, all kinds of fun stuff, because I'm trying to build a community that feels good to me in this increasingly unsettling digital world we're now living in. My phone still has a rotary dial, and the only TikToks I've got come from the haunted grandfather clock I bought at an estate sale last week. So you're not going to see me hopping across platforms like a Zoomer playing Temple Run anytime soon. But I'm carving out my own tiny virtual lawn, so I can yell at the damn kids to stay off of it. So if you'd like more crotchety old wizard vibes in your life, come join our lovely little Patreon community, which is the first step to going off the grid and living in yurts somewhere in the wilds of Kentucky. So until next time, keep dreaming those digital dreams and never stop reaching for those magical memes.